You're listening to City Beat, the weekly podcast from UrbanMilwaukee.com. I'm your host, Jeremy Janine. We are joined this week by Michael Anderson and Angie Livermore of the Wisconsin Bicycle Federation. Michael runs the Bike Feds Milwaukee Walks Initiative, and Angie is a BWI there. We'll learn exactly what that means, how walkable Milwaukee is, what the problems are, what's going right, and what else the Bike Federation's up to. Don't touch that dial, close that app, or hit skip. We will be right back. Michael and Angie, welcome to City Beat. Thanks for having us. Before we dive in, walking is a topic I'm passionate about, and not just because I walk most of the way here, but let's learn a bit more about each of you. My name is Angie Livermore. I've been working for the Wisconsin Bike Federation for around, I get confused, 10 or 12 years. I mainly do a program called Safe Routes to School, generally based around Milwaukee Public Schools, and we do bike advocacy in summer, spring, and fall, bringing in a fleet of bicycles and doing practical skills indoor and outdoor for preparing youth to ride in the street properly when their families feel so. And explain Safe Routes to School. What exactly is that? I mean, it has a good name, but what does that mean? It's a national program. So I do feel like Milwaukee has one of the strongest programs in the country We've been working really hard at it. We have a really solid team of veterans that seem to be lifers, which is great. But basically, we'll teach them rules of the road, doing some worksheets. Then we'll do some playground activities. School year is a little different platform than summer. So school after the playground, we'll actually do courses in the street in intersections, such as stopping properly, difference between a two-way and a four-way intersection, and then teaching them to make right and left turns with, yeah, with traffic, you know. Well, let's hear the Michael Anderson story. (laughs) I first got involved with the bike fed when I was at UWM, and I started volunteering doing traffic counts, and then I just stayed volunteering, and it led into other advocacy roles within the bike fed. I worked on the Connect 53212 program here in Harambe River West. And then I've learned a ton from Angie here and other veteran bike fed staff doing the Safe Routes program. So that's the bulk of the work I do every day is also working in MPS, um, making sure kids have the skills that they need to get around safely. And you said something there that strikes me on its face is a bit crazy. You just got involved in counting people just for fun. You weren't getting paid. Tell tell me why. What what interests someone in that? What were you going to school for? Um, I was going to school for urban studies. There was, I was looking for ways to get more deeply involved in the community. And a friend and mentor of mine, Shay Shasha Meyer, um, was leading all of these pedestrian and bicycle counts all across the city, but specifically in the 53212 zip code uh, for this climate control mitigation grant that she was managing. So I got involved with that, and then it led to uh, volunteering more deeply with the Connect 53212 program, which really had equity at its core. Um, and, and tell me what Connect 53212 is. That's that's the zip code we're in 53212 when we're recording this at River West Radio, but unpack that for me. What's all there? Yeah, so that was a two-year, a three-year grant from the federal government, and it developed into this program called Connect 53212, where we did uh, in two summer-long 
active transportation initiative going door to door. We knocked on over 12,000 uh, households doors in the zip code, distributed maps, had different events and got people out just excited about walking, biking, busing. And where are we in that three-year grant now? Or is, is that over? That, that was over um, a few years ago. A lot of that work's now being done by the Safe and Healthy Streets Initiative. So that was a pilot program to see how we could do more of this work across the whole city. And there's two of you here today. The bike fed is bigger than the two of you, though. Tell me more about the bike fed in general. Caressa Givens is running the Safe and Healthy Street grant right now. Jake Newborn is doing many roles, many, many roles. Then we also have um, Barb Blick, who has been doing Safe Routes since the program ever existed. There are offices in Madison, Appleton, and northern Wisconsin. So it is a statewide advocacy operation. Different grants happen in the different areas, try to stay connected, but I feel as though Michael and I really only focus on the Milwaukee advocacy portion. And where is the bike fed office? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Currently, we're working out of uh, Velobon. Uh, down on West Pierce Street. And that, uh, that gives you great access to the Hank Aaron State sure, Trail? It sure does. All right. And you both got here today via bike, I think I noticed. We did. Excellent. So let's dive in. The impetus for you guys joining the show was Milwaukee Walks. What is that? Milwaukee Walks is a uh, citizen uh, action group that started a few years ago underneath the leadership of Jessica Weinberg. And right now, it's the work that we're doing this summer is funded by the State Department of Transportation their Bureau of Transportation Safety really wants to focus on pedestrian issues across the state. So they're funding these pedestrian actions that we're doing this summer through September. And we just had this action workshop down at Velabon where we had community groups come and learn different techniques from different uh, public speakers and uh, local organizers. Well, let's talk about that. What you mentioned, like pedestrian actions, what are those? Yeah. So this is something that anybody listening can do All you need is a yield to pedestrian sign, which you can get from me or at the bike fed uh, office down out of Velabon. And you're using safe, assertive walking behaviors to encourage cars to yield the right of way. Um, And before we go any further, what is the actual state law on crossing a street? Because I I think there's plenty of confusion around that. Yeah. One One of the materials I have available to anybody is a state pedestrian law card. When a person is trying to cross at a crosswalk, which is defined as where one curb cut crosses to the other side of the street, so an extension of the sidewalk across the street, cars must legally stop and yield the right of way to that person attempting to cross the street. And what you've told me is it doesn't have to be painted. does not have to be painted. There don't have to be signs that say yield to pedestrians. There do not need to be signs there. So even at, say, a T intersection, there's going to be at least three crosswalks there. And at almost every other intersection, there's four crosswalks, even if they're not painted, even if they're not signed, that cars must yield to pedestrians. Correct. And then there's additionally trail crossings in Milwaukee, which are also crosswalks. And I I interrupted you and made you go off on this tangent, but you were telling me about signs that you're handing out at your office. Yeah. So we've got these large coroplastic Uh, double-sided yard signs that just boldly say yield to pedestrians. Um, So that's all the messaging we're really trying to get out there is this is the current law and we need to develop and build the culture where we're actually making walks safe and enjoyable in our city. 
and you mentioned before you volunteered like a crazy person. I'm giving you a hard time. I admire that you volunteered <laughs> to count people. Now you measure or mentioned that you we want to measure improving kind of the adherence to yielding to yeah. pedestrians. How is that being measured? Are people out there counting the number of people that yield? <laughs> We're not counting the exact number of people that yield next year. We hope to have um, a better metric for measuring this. And if anybody wants to do this as their volunteer project, you can contact <laughs> me and help out with that. But we're out at music series, farmers markets, um, any community group can contact us and we'll do a pedestrian action for you. And we're gauging it really by the number of people that we're having contact with, be it pedestrians or drivers in cars. So anybody that's reading that sign, that's what we're, we're counting as our messaging. And what is the reception to drivers on that? Are they thrilled that people are holding up these signs and making them slow down? Are they giving you the finger? What's happening? Well, first of all, the key to doing a successful pedestrian action is choosing a safe intersection. So something that already has some piece of infrastructure in place that's going to uh, alert the drivers that we're going to be there. Okay, so you're not walking out on 76th and Good Hope and going, surprise, while you're crossing at a red light or anything. You are following the law. Right. This isn't this isn't a gotcha situation. It's where something's clearly marked and we doing the action have a safe space as well. Overwhelmingly, people love it. I dress up in a cape. Angie's got her own cape. With gold sparkles. Very nice. <laughs> Mine has blue fur. <laughs> and people need the reminder a lot of people, myself included, don't always yield to pedestrians, and we need to change the way we're viewing the street. So it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural so. thing. And bicyclists as well should be yielding to pedestrians. So it's really working on the relationship of all users of the road. I cannot emphasize how positive every um, pedestrian action I've done this summer has been not only with the folks crossing as pedestrians, but I've had a lot of good interactions with the cars giving a thumbs up or um, a hand out the window or thanks for doing this. I'm not saying every motor vehicle <laughs> has reacted this way, but it's the same with being a cyclist and obeying traffic laws. That's working towards this relationship that, oh, not you crazy bikers, but, you know, let's all, let's all do this together, you know. And so where have these happened so far? When have they been happening? We had a pretty ambitious slate of places this summer. We're trying to spread them across the city. The ones that were most successful were that we were continually able to show up to because a concept behind our uh, programming is the cultural shift so that showing up at the same site regularly, having that weekly contact with people. Um, so Angie here has been leading ones uh, very frequently out of the River West Garden Market on Bremen and Locust. And that's a really great location because it's so narrow so you can actually get cars to to yield without the passing on the right behavior. That I was gonna ask what an extent of a problem that is. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. Um, we forgot to mention some of our other co-workers, um, Eric Cutthroat and Victoria McNally and Anthony Casagrande. Um, but yeah, one of our co-workers actually got hit cycling to a school this season by passing on the right. So a uh, little off topic from the pedestrian passing on the right, but a huge issue with bike lanes and cyclists where that street does have just enough room and maybe there aren't uh, motor vehicles 
parked there at the time. So um, huge, huge problem. Um, protected bike lanes is something that um, Caressa Givens is doing actions on, similar to these walk actions, where physical bodies will go by bike lanes to show cars and bicyclists coming down what it would feel like to have that protection. So a little tangent, but had to do it. That's all right. This is a show built on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> and so you were describing, Angie, you've been leading some in River West. Where else have these been taking place? Um, we've been doing them every Wednesday for Washington Park Wednesdays on 47th and Washington Boulevard. A lot of people are trying to cross this really bizarre intersection where um, State Highway 175 lets off an on-ramp and there's minimal pedestrian infrastructure. Um, so we've been facilitating safe crossings there, encouraging cars to yield the right-of-way and um, teaching people how to use safe assertive walking behavior. We've been, um, every Tuesday we were at the Skyline Music Series, which just finished. Um, and that's in Kadish Park or Kil- mm-hmm. what is it, Reservoir Park technically? Right. Kaddish. Kaddish, yeah. overlooking uh, downtown on North Avenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's numerous pedestrian crossings on that whole big arc around North Avenue. The speed limit could be posted better, but there's ample places that say it um, 15 miles an hour is Th- the posted speed limit. That's there. actually what the speed limit actually is. Actually, what the speed limit Interesting. is. Interesting. Yeah, as you're driving north up, uh, West up North Avenue, you'll, as you're headed uphill, you'll see a big 15-mile-an-hour sign. And there's a lot of trucks passing through on that route. Um, the streets, the infrastructure is not there for it. And because it is very hidden curve, that's been a really interesting one. One of the other locations that we haven't been too present at because we're still kind of figuring out how many people and how to do it safely is the Fondy Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. And that is west on uh, North Ave around... 20th Street. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So ones like that, in order to implement them to make sure that we don't get hurt and the pedestrians don't get hurt, is kind of something that I think might take another season to problem solve. Um well, so. one of the things you guys are trying to do is, I mean, the big thing is kind of change culture to make adherence to the law better, but make people follow really the spirit of the law right. and just make people mix better. What role does infrastructure play in that? What can the city be doing to really help that? Beacons. Do you want to explain beacons? Uh, so a pedestrian beacon um, at a, a painted crosswalk would be a button you press where the neon pedestrian sign gets lit up with LEDs. And that's proven to be much more effective in encouraging cars to yield the right of way. Again, that's something that a lot of us listening want to do, but not that something that all of us practice. Sometimes when we're out doing an action or you've got that pedestrian beacon, it's just that quick reminder. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this. Hey, person walking. Hey, neighbor. And are there other uh, items in the toolkit that can be done? That what, what are the other options out there? Narrowing lanes, building, um, I was gonna say boulevards, but building median kind of places on like Fond du Lac, you think that's a wide street. Right. Can you put a pedestrian refuge in the middle to kind of shorten the crossing curb ball bolts? Right. So, so an island, um, that's something that we look for when we're doing actions to make them safe is we need to be standing somewhere. So that refuge, like you said, that's a really important thing. Um, painted crosswalks. Um, not every intersection has that. Not every intersection qualifies for them, but the city has a process that you can look up in their uh, master ped plan to see if that piece of infrastructure would be available at that location. 
And is there a priority list from Milwaukee Walks and the Bike Fed's perspective of things they want to see more than others in terms of like, we know this is the most cost effective or is there, hey, Milwaukee now is a pedestrian fan, let's go out and fund it. What's the stance? Um, we're working on the culture part on this program, um, but we want other groups to pick up this work and then to advocate for those infrastructure changes as they see fit in their neighborhood. So if it's a community development corporation or a local bid, they can have a conversation with us and we'll help them work through the city guidelines to see what infrastructure might benefit their needs in their community. And for the benefit of listeners, a bid is a business improvement district. Correct. It's like a self-taxing entity. Brady Street has one. There's one for all of downtown. There's, I think, somewhere near 50 of them in the city uh, that they are often involved in streetscaping projects and other little local improvements on Main Street corridors. Right. So what's coming up next for Milwaukee Walks? We have a series of pedestrian actions that anybody's welcome to join us at. We'll train you how to conduct one yourself and get you set up with your own yield to pedestrian signs, uh, pedestrian law cards, which we want to have out at every intersection we're working at. Um, this Thursday, we'll be at Jazz in the Park. And we're recording this on Tuesday, August 27th. People are probably listening to it on a different day. Thursday, August 29th. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be at Jazz in the Park. And then we've, we're going to be at the Silver City International Festival. And um, what, do you know when that is? That is Saturday, September 7th. All right. Coming up pretty soon. That's one to look out for. Um, we'll be at the River West Gardeners Market numerous days in, sep- in September, um, the 8th, 15th, and 22nd. And then during Doors Open, we're going to be at at least four locations, and we're working with the Doors Open organizers to have a Milwaukee Walks widespread effort doing these actions to make it safe for that volume of pedestrian yeah, traffic. D- doors Open, for those that don't know, it's historic Milwaukee's annual throw open the doors to 200-ish yeah. buildings downtown. It draws something like 20,000 people, and it's amazing the amount of pedestrian activity. So I guess let's talk about that. What uh, changes happen if we increase, say we... 50% more pedestrians in Milwaukee. There's just more walking for whatever reason. How do you think that improves or hurts the walking environment? Oh, I think it improves it. The visibility, pe- more people modeling safe, assertive walking behavior, it sort of emboldens you to just take the street crossing, to own the own the road. One of the things that Angie and I teach our students when we're riding bikes with them is look over your left shoulder, own the lane. You need to be communicative when we're in the streets. So the more people we've got out doing this, the more we can encourage safe behavior. And I completely forgot to mention that as much as Safe Routes teach, teaches um, Safe Routes, we just as, as frequently teach walking wisdom to first, second, and third graders. And we will do an indoor day of talking about why you might want to walk, what uh, are the benefits of walking, and then we will go out with these younger youth and go um, around the neighborhood and have them cross streets one, two at a time. There's Jane Walks, which is another um, international movement, or is it, I, I'm international, not sure. Yeah, international, yeah, past podcast and they, guests. They've, they've been um, more active than I've ever seen in years. And if you just want to get a community walk together, that presence of you know five to seven people maybe wear a little brighter clothing, clothing, getting exercise free, building community. The simple gesture of that um, is something anyone could do. All right. The Milwaukee has a pedestrian plan now. What does that mean for walking in Milwaukee from your perspective? 
I think it's a really great thing because it means anytime that the city is going to be redoing a street with the com new complete streets policy, um, there's a process in place for DPW to analyze pedestrian, bicycle, infrastructure, and to make that part of the, every remodel in, in the city. So that's really important. Then it's also a resource for people in the city to go to, to see where are the crashes happening? Where, where is the most harm happening? And so people in different organizations can go and look at that and to start analyzing their own needs. And so Milwaukee now has a vision, or it has a complete streets policy. It has a pedestrian plan. It does not have a, quote, vision zero policy that's kind of been most popular in New York City. Is that something Milwaukee needs, or is it we just need to, we being Milwaukee, need to strictly adhere to our pedestrian plan and complete streets policy, and we'll be on the trajectory to a vision zero, zero pedestrian and cyclist deaths? I think it's all tied together. You can call it by a different name. I think it's more or less the same kind of work. The biggest thing in Milwaukee right now is just the speed that everybody's going on the street. It's not safe for any users of the road. Yeah, and, and the mentality that pedestrians and bicyclists aren't part of sharing the road, which is something a lot of other cities, um, that's not a thing. So just kind of working on being very mindful on how to bridge those relationships one one motor vehicle at a time one bus at a time well we've you've hit on other cities what can milwaukee learn from what's happening in other cities oh man so much we also have a lot that other cities can learn learn from us um well i'd be interested in that as well what is milwaukee doing really well that other cities can learn from us extending the river walk that's super important we've got a really great bicycle culture in the city and the River West 24 has been a model in other places now. Mm -hmm. I went up to Minneapolis and saw how they applied the same concept to their own neighborhood. And that was really cool to say. And that's well, the, the powder horn in Minneapolis? Yeah, the powder horn 24. That was really cool to see a piece of advocacy that was coming from Milwaukee and then inspiring other, other communities. Well, what is the one thing you want to steal from somewhere else then and bring here? Ooh. Protected bike lanes. <laughs> yeah. is, there, is there a model city that you think does it really well? I think New York City has done a pretty good job, other countries, but that's something I should research a little more. Yeah, I just came back from a trip from you know, all over Missouri, basically, Kansas City and St. Louis. And in each city, St. Louis for sure, I encountered protected bike lanes. And it was interesting to think about, well, what are the comparable streets in Milwaukee that we could be applying this yeah. on? And what I need to do now is my homework of what were the political battles to make that a reality there? What can be learned here, what do you see being the friction points right now to making protected bike lanes a reality in Milwaukee? Well, we have two very successful protected bike lanes that got put in in the past two years on Locust and North. What traffic studies showed was that the number of cyclists doubled because of these protected bike lanes. It was a, a road diet, so they removed two lanes of traffic. The number of cyclists doubled, the number of crashes was cut in half, and the number of overall traffic, so cars included, increased by 11%. So it didn't have any impact on vehicles. So when we're advocating for pedestrians or bicyclists, it's not always at the expense of motor vehicles. It can be a benefit to everyone. Any other things we should be stealing? <laughs> what about like bike sharing? What role does that really play in building a good cycling and walking culture? Anytime there's visibility, different types of users, um, everybody has their own way of getting into cycling. It's not everybody in, in their bike kits and their fancy carbon fiber bikes. 
So it makes it more accessible, even if it's not placed in neighborhoods that need more accessibility. Wherever it's placed, it's going to increase visibility. And what about the new wild card, the topic du jour mm. of the moment, scooters? scooters. Yeah. yeah. I was trying not to say the S word. But <laughs> <laughs> after many conversations, I am a fan. Um, I've had conversations while in the bike lane with other limers, spinners, birders. When, when would that ever happen, that I would have this interaction with a stranger about our day or how their scoot's going? And to me, it's, it's more visibility. What is their experience in the bike lane? Do they want to come on board and get safer streets? It's a whole nother demographic of multimobility that I think is overall pretty, pretty good in the long run. Michael, thoughts on scooters? I agree with Angie, and I'm also surprised to say that because I was riding with her um, last year with a group of children, a youth from a a Southside school, the week that the scooters were released, and people were just buzzing all around the city. And the conversation we're having about them is important to keep having so that people know you're supposed to use it in the road like a motor vehicle, just like a bicycle, not occupy space on the sidewalks. But yeah, totally a positive for the city. The one problem I have found on scooters, and it's uh, more of a personal problem probably, I have not <laughs> yet mastered the balance to do the turn signals at the same uh. time. So I can only go right on my scooter, really. I can never turn left. <laughs> but let's end the show with where we always do. Your underrated restaurants in Milwaukee, what uh, oh. should people be thinking about more? <laughs> a wild card. I'm a big fan of Y East Pizza on yeah. Holly and Valit. I recently moved out to the west side, and they're big bicycle advocates. Um, and there's a new protected bike lane right on Holly Road to go check out and nerd out about if you're into that. All right. Angie? Amarath, if you haven't been there. Um, um, Lisbon, correct? Yeah. I spent $20 a sitting there. It's It's perfection. It's perfection. She treats herself to all of the pieces. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, my guests today have been Michael Anderson and Angie Livermore of the Wisconsin Bicycle Federation. Anything else we need to talk about? Um, Mobile Bike Hub is an awesome program we didn't get to check out on this show, but it's a free service. You can get your bike fixed all summer long. Go to the Wisconsin Bike Fed website to check that out. And what is that? It's um, South Side and North Side. No, no, the Wisconsin Bike Fed website. Oh, WisconsinBikeFed.org. There we yeah. go. All right. Well, thank you both for joining us. This has been another episode of City Beat, or Milwaukee's weekly podcast, recorded live on Tuesdays at 3.30 at River West Radio. Thank you for listening.